Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Greetings, everybody. Welcome in. You are listening to the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Racetech, Racetech.com. Thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the feedback. We're doing this sucker for over a year now. Awesome time. Very rewarding for me to do this. I love transparency. I love giving you the no bullshit talk about dirt bikes, parts, accessories, and all the questions that you guys have and that you do send me over my email. Thank you very much for downloading this, for subscribing, and reading everything that is over at KieferInkTesting.com. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. Everything. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for all of us out there. Thank you, RockyMountainATVMC.com. And don't forget, head over to RockyMountainATVMC.com and check out some of the five-tipped videos that I've done. Those are over there on their YouTube channel. Very cool stuff. They do lots, lots of videos. Chase kills it over there. Very good stuff. Uh, I recommend it. And of course, Max Steffens, JT Jason Thomas, woo, flyracing.com. I mean, Subway Honda, JT. That was a good year, right? He was really, really good that year, I feel. And so was Joe Aloff. Fly Racing, they wore it back then. You should wear it now because it's even better. New 2019 Fly Light Hydrogen Gear, lighter, more ventilation, super durable. I wear the crap out of it. You guys should too. Go check them out over at flyracing.com. All that stuff is up. 2019 gear, moto stuff, BMX, mountain bike, winter apparel. They got it all. Go head over there. And of course, racetech.com. You need your suspension done? Yes, everyone at one time or another needs suspension work. Whether it's revalve, rebuild, new oil, seals, even engine work. They do it all. Racetech.com. Go check them out. And whatever you thought about Racetech six years ago, clear it out the door. Go check them out now. Racetech.com. They got Really good settings for the new bikes. They even got updated settings for your older bike. I've been on the bandwagon for almost a year. They do great job over there. Rob comes from an engine background. He's the guy over at Racetech. He's the suspension guy, engine guy. Of course, there's more guys over there. But nonetheless, Rob spearheads that whole thing over there. Does a great job. Hey, go check him out. Racetech.com. Tell him Kiefer sent you. Maybe they'll throw you a bone, get you a discount. Let's do it. You guys have any questions about my advertiser or sponsors, 
please hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Chances are there are discount codes, and if not, we will try to help you guys out as much as we can, because that's what we do here. Again, thank you guys. I really appreciate you guys downloading this, subscribing to this episode, and the whole freaking enchilada over here at Kiefer Tested. Thank you for reading KieferInkTesting.com. We appreciate it. In this episode, we're going to talk about the 2019 Kawasaki KX250F. Maybe they're dropping the F, okay? But we still need to get used to that. Nonetheless, 2018 and 2019 bikes, same bike, BNGs. I mean, literally, BNGs. They're not even changing the valving spec on the fork and shock. They directed all of their focus over to the KX450, rightfully so. And I hear that it's doing very good in the shootout. So Kawasaki did an amazing job with that 450. If you haven't listened to the Racer X podcast with me, Ping, and Mathis talking about 450s, I suggest you head over there. You can go to Pulp MX, you can go to Racer X, and listen to what we have to say about this Kawasaki 450. It's much improved. Actually, it is the most improved, I would say, out of all the 450s in 2019. So that is why this KX250F hasn't been changed. They focused on the bigger bike. I would say 2020, we're going to see a new KX250. You know what? Good. We need it. This bike has very good potential. To me, I rated it for myself third in 250 shootout last year. I think it tied for fourth with the Honda, but nonetheless, I like this chassis. It's no secret, Kawasaki does the chassis frame absorption the right way. They've always had a pretty good frame. On the bigger bike, on the 450, the frame is excellent, has great bump absorption, still corners well, and it just feels good as the track goes south, or as I mostly say, it goes to shit, right? So... No different here than the KX250. Great chassis feeling. Engine is a great bottom to mid type of engine. But where we're lacking is the fork. We will get into all of this. But you guys sometimes out there are impatient. I get these emails and say, how come they haven't updated this or that? Well, in the manufacturer testing world, there's only so much money to go around per year, right? Well, we need to focus in on the 450. We just can't do two model, two new models per year. That's a lot of work, for one, for the Japanese engineers. Number two, it's a lot of money. So for us American consumer, we have to calm down, take a step back, and just chill out and just know that new bike will be coming in 2020. So getting right down to it, you know, let's let's do a little refresher course here. What did... What was the difference between the eight, um, the 17 and the 18 model, right? Well, for 18, the new throttle body, they got a 43-millimeter throttle body injector angle and has been increased from 45 to 90 degrees. That's a big difference, okay? These things that may sound minuscule on paper make a huge difference on the track. Also, the fuel pump, the fuel pump has uh, 17% more pumping pressure over the 17. Um, actually, the intake tract has been shortened 20 millimeters. New cylinder head, camshaft, ECU settings. The head pipe has a 3 millimeter larger diameter and is 30 millimeters longer in 2018. And the resonance chamber has been slimmed down 
I would say, and not to jump ahead in this podcast, but it still has a raspy sounding stock muffler. I've complained about this when I was at Dirt Rider. I think we all did when we were at Dirt Rider, back when we had a solid team over there. And we just complained it was too loud and raspy sound, especially when the bike broke in. It was just, it was obnoxious, man. It was it was so bad. So that stock muffler still isn't that great for 19. Of course, forks were changed in 19. Um, valving, not the fork itself, still has the Showa SFF um, Type 2 forks. Uh, they went to a softer spring rate. The the preload has been lightened, and the you know the for I'm sorry the fork spring has been increased. So on the on the preload. So on the dampener side, the rebound, the compression, and the BCV shim settings have been revised. On the shock, the Showa shock has new rebound settings, a new plug bolt, and new compression shim settings. So a lot of changes, as you can see from the 17, the 18. The 19, zero changes, so all of that rolls over in the 19. If you guys are out there considering to get a Kawasaki, which is a viable option, I feel, if you got a dealership that's going to kick you down, you know, mega bucks, okay, to get a night and get an 18, you know, discounted rate, do it. You know, go slap some 19 shroud graphics on there if you guys really have a hard on for the 19 shroud graphic, which it is pretty clean. I like the way they did it. It's pretty uh, nice and clean looking. Lots of green. I think KTM should take a uh, some notes from the Kawasaki people as Kawasaki is an all green motorcycle. They didn't go white, okay? Like KTM did. KTM needs to stay orange. You're an orange brigade thing. Kawasaki's team green. Not team green, whitish. It's all green. Looks sexy. Now, a couple things that I just want to touch on real quick. The Kawasaki looks roached out fairly quickly after you ride it some. I take photos of the bikes when they're brand new. Of course, I post those up on my social media and my website because that's when the bike looks the best. I'm not about to go throw up some pictures when the bike has five to six hours on it and has um, knee brace scuff marks on the shrouds or my lazy ass can't get my foot over the rear fender and I end up scraping the rear fender to shit. So that's why you'll see new pictures on my website and, of course, on my social media. For whatever reason, the green plastic looks tattered quick on this bike. And another problem I have is chain guides. I don't know what Kawasaki's chain guides are made of, but it's like butter. Within three to five hours, the chain guides go to shit real quick. So this has been a problem for Kawasaki for many years on the 19 450, it is a little better. So I don't know if they changed the material. I think someone told me they didn't, but it seems to last longer on the 450. So let's hope the 250 gets that message in 2020 and we go to a better chain guide system. From the slider to the rollers to the chain guide itself, man, it is it goes quick. So either A buy up some chain guide slide and glide kits when you get this bike or go to TM Design Works and order up some. TM Design Works makes durable chain guides, sliders, um, rollers, all of that. They are a little bit louder than stock. You will notice when your chain rolls, it's a little bit louder of a sound, but nonetheless, it'll last. So those are a couple tips 
from me to you out there that are thinking about getting a, a Team Green unit, especially this 250, and uh, just know that get the pocketbook out and get some uh, chain slide and glide pieces with you. Moving on to the engine. Okay, let's just recap because we're talking about the 18 and 19 right here, right? I know we're talking a 2019 KX250, but it's the same thing that we talked about in the shootouts. If you go read this stuff on my website, it's all the same. Very good bottom to mid engine feel. Very snappy engine. Very free feeling. To me, makes the bike feel light. Just like it's bigger, brother, the 450, it feels light when you ride it because it's peppy it's snappy however when we do wrap this sucker out from mid to top it does fall off sooner than a ktm and the husqvarna and to me it even falls off sooner now that the 2019 yz250f has changed okay we can get some of that mid to top end back and keep that bottom end transition very nice and exciting I have some maps. Hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com. If you guys haven't seen them yet, I've had them for about a year. Um, you can email me, and I will send you over those maps to kind of help stretch out that mid to top. But in stock form, no matter which coupler you go to, white, green, black, it still lacks mid to top in pulling power. I will say going to the white coupler increases that snappy RPM response in the mid-range. Doesn't really help low-end, but it does help mid-RPM response. Doesn't do anything in the top end, okay? I always stuck with the green coupler. I like that power delivery. It seemed like it was it pulled a little bit longer on top, and that's what I wanted for this 250, because let's face it, in the 250 world, we need horsepower. It's not like a 450 where you got a shit ton of horsepower and you're really concentrating on chassis feel. You need some good chassis feel in 250 class, but engine trumps all in the 250. If you have the fastest 250 engine in class and you've got a, a fifth place chassis, chances are you're still going to win a shootout because the engine's so damn good, all right? And this is where I feel like in 19, Cowie's going to lack a little bit. Honda, on paper, said they improved their engine a little bit. We will find out. Of course, KTM and Husqvarna, I've ridden those bikes already. I can attest to the length of that engine feel. Yamaha, I've ridden that, and I can attest to that thing getting even better to the mid to top end. That Yamaha engine already has a ton of torque bottom end. It lost just a little bit for 19, but it still has more than the Kawasaki. I would say for bottom-end feeling, Kawasaki is second best to Yamaha. Yes, it is better than the KTM, it is better than the Husqvarna, and it sure is better than the Honda, but it just doesn't last. It's very short and narrow, so once you get off that exciting feeling, you have to shift. All right? You can't let it stretch out and wrap out like you can on the white and orange bikes, even the blue bike for 19. So, again, mapping is important. Hit me up on my email, and I will get you a map that helps a little bit. It's still not going to make it as good as the orange or white bike, but it will help you pull second, third gear, and even fourth gear if you are in that gear longer than it does come with stock, you know, the stock mapping. You will notice some decel pop on your 19KX250. 
Nothing's changed there. The mapping that I have does clean some of that up. All right, so if you guys are looking for a little bit cleaner map, if that bothers you the most, we have the sol- we solved the problem with these um, FI and ignition maps. Again, in the four-stroke world, guys, okay, um, mufflers aside, pistons, cams aside, FI tuning is the number one thing that you can improve on your four-stroke. A little bit of improvement on FI and ignition settings help your bike tremendously, okay? That's the first thing I try to nail down when I get a new four-stroke or I'm testing a bike is just the FI setting. Some bikes come pretty good stock. Some, I'm trying to get you guys an example here, okay, KTM 450 SXF, not very good stock mapping. I like to switch that up and either go with a different map um, stock map or even go to different ignition completely. So, again, ignition is everything. I have tried a Vortex ignition on this KX250F and it makes a big difference. You'll get even more bottom end with increased mid range and top end. These Vortex ignitions go from anywhere between six and seven hundred bucks, but it's a plug and play deal and it gives you a wide parameter of horsepower. I was ex- I was explaining to you guys earlier how short and narrow this power is because it's so crisp off the bottom and it just kind of revs freely and it's kind of it goes too quick through the power. Well, now with this Vortex, you still have that free feeling, but it pulls longer, it revs out longer, and makes the engine a lot more fun to ride. So if you're looking to mod out your bike, just calm down. Don't worry about internals. You know, get a get an ignition and a muffler. And I'm telling you guys right there is a huge difference for your 250F. So Kawasaki does a great job with the engine. I feel like it's in the ballpark. I just need some more top end. And hopefully in 2020 we will get that and uh, make a lot of these 250F customers happy. Moving on to, let's just skip the chassis for a second. Let's move on to the suspension. So I've played with this suspension Oh my gosh, like, I'm trying to think back. I've played with this stuff for almost two months, okay? And I'm trying to get you guys a good setting for the stock stuff. Yes, we can go revalve it and, you know, change that SFF fork a little bit, but this SFF Showa fork is very temperamental and it, the minute changes that you can make really drastically, um, change the bike's attitude on the track. So, I kind of come up with a happy medium for my weight and guys lighter than me. So this is a range. If you guys want to get a pencil and a pen ready so you can mark this stuff down. This is a range between 160 and 165. If you're below 160, you're going to need a lighter spring, okay? Because it is sprung a little bit heavier. And most 250Fs are targeted into the 165 range, okay? So, for the shock, 105 millimeter for the sag, okay? Your high speed compression should be at two and a half. Low speed comp is 11 out, and rebound is at 10 out, okay? That's the shock. For the fork, preload, that's that knob on top of your fork, okay? Preload, eight clicks in. You're going softer, and I'm going to explain to you why we're doing this. Compression, 12 clicks out. Rebound, 15 clicks out. 
And of course, fork height, leave that standard. Don't F with it. Wherever it comes from the factory, leave it. Okay? I experienced with some fork height, never liked where I went, always went back to stock, found it the best. Okay, the reason why we're going a little bit softer on the fork is because of the mid-stroke harsh feeling that we're in. I feel like that fork is sticky. Going stiffer, I was like, man, I'm 170, I ride hard, I want to try to go stiffer. Man, it didn't improve that mid-stroke feel and it made the top of the fork stroke harsher. So then I had a harsh feel between the beginning and the middle end, uh, the middle part of the stroke. Softening the preload up a little bit for me. Yes, I ended up using more of the stroke, okay, and bottomed occasionally, which guys out there, it's okay to bottom twice a lap. If you bottom twice a lap, that's fine. You need, it's, all that suspension is there for you guys to use. I get guys at the track going, hey man, I'm bottoming my fork, can I stiffen it up? Well, is it bothering you? Is it, is it metal to metal? Is it bottoming six times a lap? If it's a couple times a lap, that's fine. You want it to you want to use all of your suspension, okay? That's what it's there for. Now, we're softening the fork up a little bit so it's a little bit more free feeling, especially when you're coming on diesel bumps. When I come to a corner and I'm leading up to some bigger diesel bumps, that mid-stroke harshness really predicts my corner and it's hard for me to dive into an inside rut. Now, moving to its softer preload, my fork is a little bit more active, and now I have more front-end traction and feel coming into the corner. This helps this bike tremendously. Is it as good as a Yamaha spring fork? No, it's not. But we are getting better by softening this preload up. So get that preload eight clicks in. I'm pretty sure stock is 12, all right? So the Showa SFF fork, again, very temperamental, little bit harsh. I do, and this is just me, and I'm very, very picky when it comes to things, you guys. I do feel at times with this SFF fork that it does pull to one side. For some reason, when I'm accelerating, I feel the bike, I use this word a lot, hunt and peck. It has that, but it also ends up pulling to one side under load acceleration. It's a very slight feel. Some of you guys out there don't complain about it, but I've heard some of you guys um, ask me, hey, do you feel it pulling? Yes, I do. So that sensation is out there with this fork. How do we get rid of it? That's a good question. I know Bones at Pro Circuit has a lot of time on this fork. Um, I've talked to him about it a little bit, and he says he's have heard that from his customer. So Man, it's tough to really get rid of it, but going softer does help alleviate a little bit of that feel. You guys can adjust your rebound a little bit more. I know I said to do 15 clicks. If you feel like it's moving too much in the stroke, try slowing your rebound down a little bit to see if that helps. Again, one to two click increments on the rebound. Don't go any more than that. And again, Always do one adjustment at a time. If you guys out there just want to set this whole spec up in the garage and go ride it, that's fine. Go ride it like that and then adjust accordingly at the track one thing at a time. Don't do the shock and fork. 
do one thing at a time. Do a fork change. Okay, that's better. I'm going to do a shock change. Okay, that's worse. I'm going to go back to where I was. I'm going to move it around again. Just remember, one thing at a time. Very important when it comes to motocross because there's so many variables. It's hard to change three things and really get a feel for it. So shock, I don't have that many complaints about the shock. It's actually pretty good. It holds up well. It has good rear-wheel traction. Not a lot of issues to the rear end, and I think this chassis has something to do with that. I have more problem with this SFF fork. Again, I feel like we're going to get a dual spring um, show a fork next year on this bike and then stand by because I feel like it's really going to change this whole bike's attitude and really rank it up there even further in these shootouts that are going on right now. So again, get those settings in, try them, hit me back, let me know how that works for you guys. I know most of you guys get a revalve or something, but if you're working with stock stuff out there, this is a good baseline setting for that. One note as well, when you go softer on the preload, pay attention to a top-out feeling. Kiefer, what's a top-out feeling? All right, when you're charging up to a jump face or anything that G's out or anything that makes the fork move down and up in a quick fashion, you will feel like um, it's almost a, a bar mount loose sensation. Like you'll feel like a little slop up near the top of your fork, near your, your handlebars. That's a top-out feeling. If you checked your bar mounts and they're tight and you still feel it's like a little slop as the fork comes back, that means it's quick. Slow it down a little bit, and that means the preload is set maybe a little bit too soft. So if it's at eight clicks and you feel like, ah, I'm getting a little bit of top-out feeling, you know, go one stiffer on the preload, and that alleviates some of that. I didn't get a lot of top-out feeling when I went with that number magic number of eight, but when I tried softer preload settings than that, I got a top-out feeling. So just be aware of that feeling, guys. So just be self-conscious of that. When you slam into a jump and you pop up and you get a little, what I guess, I'm going to make a sound for you guys, a little, like a little a click feeling up near the, the bar mount area, that's a top-out feeling. A lot of guys mistake that for my bar mounts are loose or my handlebars are coming off, but... That's an internal piece inside the fork that's just a little bit soft, a little bit sloppy because the preload, preload um, you ever had too much preload on your fork or it's too quick, too soft. So just FYI there, guys. Have you been to ruddedracing.com yet? If the answer is no, go there right now. Ruddedracing.com. They have shirts, hats, hoodies, cute stuff for your chick, for your lady, for your wife. Man, it's cute. I put Heather in some of this stuff before bedtime, and, well, that's all I'm going to say about that. But nonetheless, go check them out, ruddedracing.com. They have a bunch of cool stuff. And not only do they have cool street wear, but Clint is designing some gear. That's right. If you're a taller dude, 6'2", maybe over, he's going to have the set of gear that you want to be in. Longer arms, a little longer length. Materials are going to be awesome. I saw... Some of this gear, and man, it's going to kind of change the game for you taller dudes out there. So it's not out yet, so pump the brakes. But before we get all hyped up on this stuff, go to ruddedracing.com, buy some stuff. They support us. They support the Bear, Tyler Bowers, and Henry Miller. So hey, go check them out, won't you? Ruddedracing.com. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. 
I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close like my house. I don't have that many outlets. They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFringTesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood bloodlubricants.com go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com go view everything they have there's all different kinds of oils you got an ATV you got a street bike you got a UTV or you got a YZ450F in your garage blood lubricants has an oil for you okay Jefferson Green he's been in the oil industry for a long time since 1983 but he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that so he wanted to create an oil that was good that lasted a long time and didn't break down and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because, heck, I'm going to tell you something straight up. was testing this stuff a couple months, did a lot of temperature readings. Engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the Moto Blood 1040. And you want to even know something that's crazier? 
It's 100% fully synthetic oil. You guys know me. Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order. Please order. And get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at kieferinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But, hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes, that's right, handwriting for you young bucks out there, handwritten resumes, and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way, onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night, hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, Little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders, we're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com, and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KeeferInkTesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. 
Head over to 60helmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 60 helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR-1. I've had a couple in my ATR-2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR-2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 60 Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 60. So please, guys, go check them out. 60 Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 60. Screen printing done dot com. I hate it when they put sirens in commercials. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. I wish I had that shirt. Would cover my boy boobs nicely. Screen printing done dot com. We make kick-ass t-shirts. It's made with bits of real panther. We get it done. So you know it's good. Screenprintingdone.com. Screenprintingdone.com. Chassis. Again, the chassis is good. Frame absorption is good. This Kawasaki feels long, but turns pretty decent. You guys know me. I don't mind the longer-feeling bike as long as it turns neutral, turns fairly good. For example, Honda feels really short and quick, turns really good, but is a little bit twitchy. Opposite end of that is this Kawasaki. Feels a little bit longer, but turns pretty neutral. It's kind of like a Yamaha. The Yamaha feels a little bit longer, but yet turns pretty good. Same difference here in this KX250. Straight line stability, very good. Bump absorption, very good. Fork, shit, but nonetheless, the chassis absorption is very good. If you guys got a new Kawasaki, give yourself five to seven hours to let this chassis break in. It does feel a little bit stick, I'm sorry, it does feel a little bit stiff out of the box, okay? So give yourself five to seven hours in that range to kind of break in this aluminum chassis. Mostly on every bike, this is this way, okay? So when you get a brand new bike, it's going to feel a little bit stiff. You're like, oh, my fork's a little bit harsh. Just calm down. Give yourself five engine hours. That's kind of like the magic number to break everything in and then get a feel for it there. But good on Kawasaki, good on the test riders for making a good absorption frame, which is important, okay? When you're trying to go fast and you're hitting D-cell bumps, you're hitting acceleration bumps, and you want a planted feel, this is what this KX250 gives you. And it's been this way for many years, guys. Kawasaki's always been very good at straight-line stability. Go archive your old magazines that are sitting in your closet at home. I'm sure MXA, Dirt Rider, Dirt Bike always said, Cowie's very good straight-line. Cowie's always been a good off-road bike. Man, it's been a staple out in the Heron Hounds for years um, just because how fast those guys go and that chassis is planted feeling. Like I said, there is some weight when it comes 
to having a little bit of weight on your bike, okay? And what I mean by weight is like the bike's a little bit heavier, that makes it feel planted. You get too light, sometimes with chassis, you get deflection and a little bit nervous feeling when you're riding fast. This Kawasaki is not the lightest bike in the 250 class. It's not the heaviest, but I don't mind having a little bit of weight. I know everybody freaks out on weight. You know, the KTM Husqvarna are so light. That That's great. I'm glad that's going on. But we can't really judge a bike by its weight. Let's judge a bike how it feels on the track. It doesn't feel heavy at all. Engine character plays a big part in that. And this engine character is very peppy and exciting down low, which makes this chassis feel light. Again, straight line stability good. Cornering's very neutral. It used to be a rear-end cornering kind of bike. Not anymore, guys. It's very neutral. If you're a front-end steering rider, this helps. Softening that fork on the preload helps make it even more of a front-end steering bike. I'm a front-end steering rider, so I can attest that you could ride this bike either way, rear-end steering or front-end steering. So, again, chassis is very good. So that kind of encompasses what we have here for the 2019 KX250. Little knickknacks that I want to mention. Seat foam breaks down really quick on this bike. So pay attention to when you're, if you guys can, take your seat off when you wash it. Um, I know it gets waterlogged and it gets soft and breaks down and it makes the whole bike just kind of feel wallowy and shitty. I've learned that over the 2018 bike. So take off your seat, buy yourself a twin air air filter cover, spray out your air box, and that way you're, you're kind of killing um, two birds with one stone, so to speak. Um, I know it took me about 12 hours to break down that seat foam and it just felt nasty and squishy and I could feel the seat base. So... Um, either A, take off your seat, or invest in a, let's say, a Guts Sea Foam. They have a firm foam that I've tried that's very good. You can go check them out. Andy over at Guts is a very good dude. No, he doesn't sponsor the show, but I just, I like his products, and I know that stuff works very good. Another thing, 971 7.8 bars. Fake science, right? 7.8 bars are good. I like 7.8 bars. I do feel like this bar is a little bit tall. If you're sticking with 7.8, go to a 9.8.3 band from Renthal. That is a good band, a little bit lower. Makes you makes me, I guess, corner a little bit better and more neutral. I'm six foot and I like that bend. 9.7.1 band is a little bit tall for me, especially when that seat foam gets broken down and you feel like you're in a pocket. Those bars feel like a Harley bar and you're kind of up high like ape hangers. So just know that. Clutch life Although the clutch pull is very nice and buttery and smooth, clutch life isn't that good. If you're hard on clutches, you're going to go through clutches mighty quick. All right? So stand by. Invest in some Henson or uh, Recluse and invest in some good oil. I stayed away from synthetics until I tried those, uh, tried, tried, tried that blood lubricants. 1040 synthetic oil. I ran that in the 18 before I gave it back. Seven hours. I had no problems with clutch life. So that's my recommendation. Either A, go to that bloodlubricants.com. It's spelled B-L-U-D lubricants.com. Get some of that oil or just go to a petroleum-based oil. Okay? Those are the two options that you guys have. Again, clutch life, not that great. 
I got max nine hours out of that clutch. So although it's very soft and easy to use, when you get a nice soft pull, sometimes riders, and, I, and I'm to blame, you know, I'm one of these guys. Like, I use the clutch too much. If it's too soft and nice, I fan the shit out of it. I, I don't know why, but I do. If it's a little bit harder, I don't use it as much because I'm like, ugh, it's hard. I don't want to pull that thing in. When it's all soft, I'm like, ooh, yeah, I'm going to pull this sucker in some more. And then I burn the shit out of the clutch. So just watch out for the clutch because you will burn the shit out of the plates ASAP. Again, that kind of talks about the 2018-2019 KX250. For those of you guys wondering about, oh, Kawasaki's aren't reliable, they fall apart, the bolts are shit, <sighs> it's, it, it's tough for me to really flip you guys on this, but out of, let's see, I had 62 hours on this KX250 that I had on the 2018. Only problem that I had, okay, was again, I changed clutch plates, I had one blown fork seal, nothing's happened. 62 hours, 250F, Big Air Todd riding it, I rode it, rode the shit out of it, sand tracks by my house, Glen Helen, LACR, all these local tracks around here, but if you guys see what I test in from my compound area is deep sand, shitty square edge tracks, the bike takes abuse, it took abuse and nothing happened to it, so... I don't know if it's some of the mechanical error that I'm seeing or hearing from riders like cowies are falling apart. Take care of your machines, and I'm not saying 100% of the time, but most of the time that machine will take care of you. Change your oil, people. They say five engine hours. To me, no way. I ride too hard. If I rode five engine hours on you know, one batch of oil inside of my engine, dude, not good. I change my engine oil every two hours. So, might be overkill, but hey, I don't have engine troubles. So, for those of you guys email me and say, my bike's a piece of shit, it does this, my Cowie's doing this, check yourself. Check yourself and your mechanical skills before you start barking at the, the manufacturer, okay? And I'm not sitting here saying, your bike's never going to fall apart. Shit happens, guys. Sometimes, shit happens. Your, your pissing goes through your cases, uh, tranny goes out, whatever. Sometimes that happens, okay? That's just the luck of the draw. But most of the time, it should take care of you if you take care of it. It's a simple thing. It's the same thing in life. You take care of your buddy, your buddy takes care of you. You take care of your bike, the bike takes care of you. You know, So we're not going to sit here and preach about it, but I just want to make sure you guys really understand that most of these bikes have... And they do go through long durability um, stints before they're even released to the public. I can't begin to tell you how long and how gnarly some of these durability tests that I've been on, on bikes that aren't released yet, they're crazy. Crazy amounts of hours, right? And they pass. So there's no reason why they shouldn't pass with the average consumer. So anyway, that's the... The gist of the 2019 KX250, it's a great bike, guys. Maybe not a shootout winner for 2019, but nonetheless, still very fun, very good bike. And you probably can get a good deal on a 2018. So if you're looking to save yourself some money, head to your Kawasaki dealer and check them out. If you guys have any questions, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Please 
buy stuff, buy products from my advertisers here. They support this show. They keep the sucker running. They help me bring this transparency that I'm trying to change in this test and media world. This no bullshit testing, no fluff. Hey, I'll be the first one to admit, sometimes back in the day at Dirt Rider, I had a big problem with, you know, talking good about a product that wasn't that good. This is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want you guys to have a no bullshit way to get the information out to you. Again, I preach this all the time on my podcast, but I say it because we might have some new listeners and I want them to know as well. So thank you guys for listening. We're wrapping this sucker up. We're almost 45 minutes in, so um, that's long enough for this KX250F. You guys have any questions, hit me up. And hopefully we'll see you at the track. You guys see me at the track with the bullshit about your bike. You got any questions? I'm here to help. I helped a few guys the other day at the track. I have no problem helping with settings. Um, you guys need help with SAG. Keyframe testing, we're there. If you see some of my guys you know, at the track, Michael Allen, Big Air Todd, all those guys, we're here to help you. That's what we're here for. All right, guys, thank you for listening, and stay tuned next week. Got something big planned. Ooh.